Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week our goal is to simply get a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. We hope you will get reading this amazing book and join us on this exciting journey. And now, here's your host, Pastor Mark Miner. Well, hello. Hope you're having a great day today. We sometimes hear that time is money, but I believe it's much more than that. Time is life. And I am so appreciative of you loaning me 24 minutes of your valuable time on this Holy Spirit-inspired journey to seek to understand God's incredible gift, the Word of God. We know it as the Bible. My name is Mark Miner. I'm your tour guide. I'm your host. And I'm your fellow sojourner as we seek to understand the Bible. And this is the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. This is episode 85. And today we're going to be looking at the book of Isaiah. In the way of just a little bit of review, you may be a first-time listener, you may be a regular listener, but we have set out a goal for this year to uh, walk through the Bible together. Many people say, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. They start the process, but oftentimes, at least my experience is, we don't finish it very well. We get bogged down. So we're going at it in a different way. First of all, you're listening. That ought to be easier. And secondly, we're not reading through, we are seeking to understand the plan that God has as we go through the Bible. So today, in this episode 85, we're looking at this incredible book, 66 chapters, the book of Isaiah. Now, we have uh, begun this journey, of course, with Genesis, the first five books of the Bible, known as the books of Moses or the Pentateuch, the Torah. And then we started with Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st uh, and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. We, we began those books of history. And so after we have finished that, then just in the last five weeks, we have looked at the books of wisdom. And I've tried to help you understand how those books of wisdom from Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon how they relate to every generation and every human experience. And that's why they're called books of wisdom more so than books of history. Uh, today, though, we begin a new phase in the Bible, in the Old Testament. We are beginning the major prophets. There are four major prophets, five books. The four major prophets. Today we're going to be looking at Isaiah. Next week we'll look at Jeremiah and Lamentations. Then we'll look at Ezekiel and Daniel. And those four prophets will comprise uh, the uh, major prophets of the Bible. Major simply because they have uh, more volume and perhaps more prophecies or more prophetic unction, if you will, than some of the other smaller, minor prophets. But nonetheless, all of them God-breathed and everyone vitally important. So let's uh, just talk for a moment as we look at the background here about Isaiah and his book. There are many people consider Isaiah the fifth gospel. You could actually read and hear that from some scholars. Now, why would they say that? Well, there is a, a tremendous connection between the, the book of Isaiah and his life and so many of the prophecies and even the references uh, concerning Jesus Christ. You might remember if you're a New Testament scholar or you've been in church that uh, Jesus was uh, in the town of Nazareth, his hometown. Jesus had begun to heal and to do some mighty deeds. So he came in. He was a traveling rabbi. And you would honor a traveling rabbi by allowing them to read the scripture. 
So they handed Jesus, whether he asked for the book of Isaiah or whether it just was coincidental, quote unquote, that he received the book of Isaiah. Regardless, he had the scroll of Isaiah. He opens it up to Isaiah chapter 61. And he reads that uh, the spirit of the Lord uh, is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to give good news. And, and he continues on with that passage of scripture. Well, that was Jesus's first sermon. He references it from the book of Isaiah. There are a lot of things about Isaiah that have a connection with Jesus. But probably the most important, and we're going to focus in on this a little bit more uh, as we go through the podcast, but one of the things that Jesus experienced, or one of the things I should say that Isaiah experienced, was something that no other human had ever experienced before. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, was caught up into heaven, and during that process, he was able to see Jesus high and lifted up. His robe filled the temple. We'll read some of these verses here in a minute. And so it would just make sense that Isaiah, who lived 700 B.C., and Jesus, of course, who comes 700 years later, would have an incredible connection. And there is in this book of Isaiah. So uh, let's just talk about the background for a minute, because there's no other book in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically, that provides such a precise, intimate and revealing details about this culmination, this, this high point of God's plan, the end game, which, of course, is Jesus dying on the cross. It's always been the plan to get to that moment of the death on the cross, which pays for the sins of mankind, and then, of course, the resurrection, which is a victory shout guaranteeing our entrance into heaven. So the end game is the coming Messiah for Isaiah. And Isaiah is uh, referenced in the New Testament over 85 times, often quoted, and Jesus used the book of Isaiah and quotes from Isaiah. Uh, very many significant references concerning exactly who this Messiah was. Now remember, Jesus and, and Isaiah have had an encounter already as Isaiah is writing some of these things. Maybe that's part of why God opened up his mind and heart and gave him such an incredible amount of prophetic word concerning the Messiah, the coming Messiah, Jesus. But let's just think about a few of the things that we read in the book of Isaiah that have to do with Jesus or have to do with the gospel account. For example, there's that very incredibly famous and absolutely vital part in Isaiah 7 where he says that Jesus will be born of a virgin. Now, he doesn't use his name Jesus, of course, but he says that the virgin birth will be the way that the Messiah comes into the world. We remember that he also talks about the one who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. The voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. John the Baptist, that's all Isaiah. He tells us in Isaiah 53, that uh, that's passage about the suffering servant. He was uh, uh, with the transgressors, numbered with transgressors in his death, and yet was with the wealthy or the rich in his grave. And of course, that exactly lines up with the scriptures. We also read that Jesus would be the hope of the Gentiles, the root of Jesse. We read that incredible passage also in Isaiah 53, but that all our sins are laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
We understand that he would be a suffering servant. He would be despised, rejected by men. He would be sinless, and he would be a cornerstone. I could go on and on, but all of these things come from this incredible book of Isaiah. The 66 chapters of Isaiah correspond, in a way, to the 66 books of the Bible. And we do learn uh, profound insights, not just about the Messiah, but so many other things, too. As I mentioned, Isaiah 6, we get a glimpse into heaven. And again, we'll look at that here in a few moments of, of what it was like, at least what Isaiah's experiences were like. Uh, we also, as I mentioned, uh, Jesus' first sermon comes from the book of Isaiah. At Christmas time, we often hear recited, and other times as well, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah chapter 9. In, in Isaiah 14, we have a very precise and revealing description of Satan and his fall from heaven. Jesus references this as well. And so Isaiah is given insight on how the war in heaven took place and how Satan was removed and the pride, the five eyes about Satan or of Satan that we read about in Isaiah 14. We also have something incredible. I've talked about this before in, in previous uh, um, podcasts. And that is that uh, the temple was going to be destroyed during Isaiah's day. The temple was there. In fact, it's going to remain for almost another hundred plus years. But God gives, gives Isaiah uh, the prophetic word that the temple's going to be destroyed and then it's going to be rebuilt. And one of the ones who's going to be used as a rebuilder of that temple is a Persian by the name of Cyrus. And so he writes that down. He says that Cyrus is going to help rebuild the temple. That was 250 years before the temple rebuilding actually took place. Very prophetic, very incredible. Uh, and then one for our day, and again, if you're a regular listener on this podcast, you know that we've talked about this before, but it's one that happened not so much in my lifetime, but certainly in my parents, perhaps your parents' or grandparents' lifetime. Uh, it's that prophecy concerning the nation Israel that a nation is going to be rebuilt in a day. Who's ever heard of such a thing? And yet, that's exactly what happened in 1948. After almost 2,000 years of no Israel, no nation, no more Holy Land, on May 14, 1948, in one day, by proclamation of the United Nations, the nation of Israel is born in a day, exactly as Isaiah prophesied. So there's a lot of background today, but I just want you to understand this book of Isaiah is profound for right now. It is a, is a book that identifies exactly who the Messiah must be. It gives us very specific things that must occur or must be uh, indicative of the Messiah, or he would not be that anointed one, that Messiah. Isaiah is critical in this whole uh, scheme of understanding the culmination of the ages, the plan of salvation of Jesus coming down the cross, and of course the resurrection. So, hey, here we go. That was just background now. We're going to get started with a few other things in the minutes that we have left. But understand that this first book of the major prophets uh, really oftentimes is called the fifth gospel because it so ties in to Jesus. 85 references in the New Testament to the book of Isaiah. So let's look at a few of the key concepts concerning this book of Isaiah. 
Uh, who was Isaiah the man? Well, honestly, we don't know a tremendous amount about him, but we do know that he lived a long life, probably 60 to 65 years. We know that he lived around 700 B.C., that he served under four of the kings of Judah. If you'll remember from your history books, the uh, nation of Israel had split in two. There was the northern kingdom, Israel. There was the southern kingdom, Judah. And Isaiah's prophecies were not so much specific to either one of them uh, as much as telling about the coming Messiah and the coming restoration, not only of the nation of Israel, but of the restoration of man as the Redeemer is coming. Isaiah, though, lived a long life. He may have been uh, wealthy. He certainly lived in perhaps a time of peace because that was uh, more or less the case uh, under Uzziah and Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah. Those were the four kings that Isaiah served under. Uh, something also happened that we uh, don't know for uh, total certainty, but it seems logical. Uh, we find that Isaiah was martyred probably by Manasseh, who would have been the, one of the more wicked kings ever in the nation of Judah, Hezekiah's son too, by the way, but regardless, one of the more wicked kings. And something happened, we don't know what, but uh, tradition, Jewish tradition holds that Isaiah was martyred, and the, the means of his martyrdom was that he was sawn in two. We also hear that kind of referenced in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and most scholars believe that is referring to the death of Isaiah. So Isaiah had a long life, an incredibly amazing and profound prophetic uh, impact through his books as the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Uh, but we think that he probably died uh, as a martyr uh, there in the nation of Judah during that period of time, around 700 B.C. There's also some controversy concerning not just the man Isaiah, but the authorship of the 66 chapters uh, that we know of as the book of Isaiah. Isaiah could be very easily divided into two distinct groups, two distinct halves, if you will. There's 1 through 39, which, by the way, is how many books we have in the Old Testament. And then starting in verse 40, or chapter 40 all the way to 66, is the second sort of chapter that becomes very prophetic, looking ahead to so many things. And there's, there's scholars that believe that uh, there was more than one Isaiah, or there were at least two, some even believe three authors. I'm going to say for the simplicity of what we're looking at here, uh, I believe that Isaiah wrote the entire book. That's what the Bible says. Jesus certainly referenced Isaiah so many times. He could have cleared up that if indeed that was the fact. He didn't. So I'm just going to tell you that the authorship of the book of Isaiah is, yeah, Isaiah. Now, I've been a little deficit here because I usually give you a key phrase for the book of Isaiah, and I haven't said it yet, and we're already halfway through our podcast. But let me give you one word or one phrase uh, concerning the book of Isaiah. If you remember nothing else about the book of Isaiah, and you will, but if you remember nothing else about the book of Isaiah, remember these two words, coming Messiah. The book of Isaiah is all about the coming Messiah, the restoration of Israel, many other things, but the main thrust of the book of Isaiah is the king is coming, the coming Messiah. There are actually so many other things that are referenced that are, you are familiar with 
from the book of Isaiah. So we look at the key concepts, and point number three would be uh, not only the man Isaiah, the authorship of the book, but point number three, the impact of Isaiah. Isaiah's words ring throughout uh, Western civilization, throughout Christianity, really throughout the entire world. If you look at the Facebook side of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, I've posted there uh, some, just some pictures and some illustrations to help you understand uh, the impact of, of Isaiah's words through his 66 chapters. For example, you're going to see there on the podcast, on, excuse me, on the Facebook side, if you turn there and you can just do that by Googling or just by searching 24-Minute Bible and you'll find uh, the uh, Facebook page there on your Facebook search engine. Uh, but I have, I have posted there a picture of a statue that stands in New York City. And in New York City, the statue is at the United Nations building. It's a statue of, of a man who is taking his sword and changing it into a plowshare. And that, of course, is one of the prophecies that Isaiah talks about. Isaiah also talks about a day when uh, the lion and the lamb will lay down, with, uh, lay down together. The wolf also is included in that. The wolf and the lion and the lamb will all lay down together. Uh, the child will play near the hole of an adder, a snake, and not be afraid. In other words, Isaiah talks about a time of peace on planet Earth where there is no more danger or fear. All of that comes out of the book of Isaiah, and the statue there in New York City speaks to that of a time when there'll be no more war. We're not there yet, are we? But Isaiah's prophecies not only reached to the Messiah being born, but to the return of the Messiah many, many years hence. We also hear a lot of familiar phrases. Again, if you're a church kid or a church person, you, some of these are going to be very familiar to you. Uh, all of these come out of Isaiah, and they've just resonated. They've stuck in our spirit as God intended for them to. For example, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That's from the book of Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. That's also from the book of Isaiah in that same passage. You may be tired today. You may have had a difficult week. I'm a little tired right now. I don't know if my voice indicates it or not, but I'm trying to be up, but sometimes my body's worn down a little bit, and this is one of those days. And yet Isaiah 41 says, excuse me, 40 says, uh, for those that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will, help me? Yes, that's right. Mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Well, that's also in the book of Isaiah. I've already referenced Isaiah 53, uh, that the suffering servant passage or chapter there. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and upon him have been all the sins laid. By his stripes we have been healed. I've also referenced the, uh, the quote that Jesus used in his first sermon. He anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. One of my favorite passages out of the book of Isaiah has to do with the Word of God and how God's Word is eternal. It's forever settled. Not one jot or tittle will pass away, uh, as Jesus said, until it's all fulfilled. And I believe that. But he also says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, declares the Lord, and my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So uh, that gives me a perspective and for me a very familiar and comforting verse. He tells us that he's called us by name. 
That's one of the things I love about the Bible and particularly about the God of the Bible. He doesn't use a number. He doesn't say, hey, you. He calls us by name because he knows us intimately and he's acquainted with all of our ways. One of the other words there, it talks about how the word of the Lord reigns forever. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but God's word, it stays strong and true. So you see the impact across generations, across cultures, that this book of Isaiah, written 700 B.C. by a man by the name of Isaiah, has had and continues to have all across the world. We go to the fourth key concept here today, and the last one that we'll finish up on. But uh, one of the things uh, that uh, Isaiah experienced, uh, and I think there's some tie-ins today to Isaiah for some specific reasons that uh, I'll reference here in just a minute. But one of the key concepts, one of the important things, is is Isaiah chapter six. And I'm going to read just a bit, a little bit of portion of this to you. Uh, because Isaiah, it was in the year that King Uzziah died. We don't know what Isaiah was fe feeling. Maybe he was afraid. Anytime a king dies, the palace intrigue uh, it gets very dangerous and people die during the change of reigns of kings. And maybe Isaiah was concerned about that. Maybe he just loved King Uzziah. We don't know. But God comforted him with an experience that no other man had ever experienced before. Not Moses, not Noah, uh, not Elijah. But Isaiah experienced this because he says in the year that King Uzziah, uh, King Uzziah's death, I was, and it doesn't say this, but it says, I saw the Lord. He was taken up. He had an out-of-body experience, if you will. At least he was transported in some way, shape, or form. And it goes on, and this is verbal, from the, uh, direct from the Bible. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe, that's that part that trails, uh, filled the temple. Verse 2 says there were seraphim that stood above him. So Isaiah, this, this uh, sort of unknown man of a prophet of a little country in the middle of the Middle East, uh, God has, rel has, has elevated him and given him this great re revelation. And now he's seen seraphim and he describes them. Ezekiel, in a couple of weeks from now, we'll talk about Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's experience. But uh, as far as seeing and understanding and writing about, him, writing about the cherub, but Isaiah saw this. He basically, the curtain was pulled back and he was able to see into God's living room where there was Adonai, the personal Savior, later to be Jesus as we know him by name now. Uh, Isaiah saw this and, and he heard uh, with his ears the cherubim and seraphim saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And of course, what would you do? Well, I know what I'd do because he, it's what Isaiah did. He fell to his face and he said, Woe to me, I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I've seen the King, the Lord of hosts. But one of the seraphim flew to him and had a burning coal in his hand. And with that coal from God's hibachi, from God's uh, altar there in heaven, he took that coal and he touched the lips of Isaiah. And basically he said, be clean. Your iniquity is taken away. Now, I just wanted to focus on that because that's an incredible experience that Isaiah had. Maybe that's part of why Isaiah's relationship with with uh, the coming king was so strong because he'd already experienced it. 
Perhaps that's why Jesus used Isaiah as a reference for his first sermon there in Nazareth. But we also read this in John chapter 10 in the New Testament. For it says these words, I'm quoting now, These things Jesus spoke, that though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him. And then verse 38 says, This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, who reported, Lord, who has believed our report? In other words, the Jews of Jesus' day weren't believing Jesus, and Isaiah had prophesied that they wouldn't. But it comes down to verse uh, 41, and it references Isaiah again. It says, These things Isaiah said because he saw his, and it's a capital H, I-S, his glory, and spoke of him. What an incredible experience that Isaiah had in, in experiencing, seeing this one who would come to earth as a baby, live his life, die on a cross for your sins and mine, and then, of course, rise again from the dead. Isaiah saw him pre-incarnate, saw him before he was in the body of man. And Jesus is confirming, confirming that in the book of John, chapter 12. One last thing here, just a little bit over, but if you happen to ever go to Israel, or if you remember uh, back uh, some years ago, uh, you will remember the experience, if not the date, but uh, in 1948, uh, there were some scrolls that were found. We call them the Dead Sea Scrolls because they were in caves around the Dead Sea. One of those scrolls was the book of Isaiah, the entire book preserved and when that scroll was unrolled and when the text on it was read, we find out that the book of Isaiah that was read back when that was written, probably 200 B.C., not written by Isaiah, but written of Isaiah. It was a copy of Isaiah's book. But what we read today and what they found in that cave in 1948 that had been there for over 2,000 years is exactly the same words and exactly the same book that you and I read today. What does that say to me? It tells me that the message is not only supernaturally transmitted, it is supernaturally preserved. That message is valid, that what we read we can believe. And, and of course, it can be trusted. So I'm so thankful for archeology. span I'm thankful for some of those discoveries. Memory verse, here you go to close out. Isaiah 9, 6, so many memory verses you could latch on to, but a powerful one here. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government of the world will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and we all need this last title in these days, Prince of Peace. Well, I pray that the peace of Jesus, who is the Prince and our soon coming King, I pray that peace will just be over you today. Thank you for uh, walking through the book of Isaiah, all 66 chapters in a little over 24 minutes. How about that? Next week, we look at Jeremiah and Lamentations, his book or his song, if you will. And we'll talk about this man called the Weeping Prophet. The book uh, and the man known as Jeremiah. Hey, thank you for being a part today. Hope this has blessed you, helped you. If it is, uh, let me know about it. Uh, you can go to my email, which is the 24 minute Bible at gmail.com, and just send me a little note and say, Hey, I'm learning some things. I enjoy it, or even give me some criticism. Regardless, love to have some words from you. Thank you for being a part of today's podcast.
Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.